0: "'Tis the season to be married. Well, that's my name. Oh, no sh! Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now, that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Steve, can you explain again what we're doing? We're kicking off our fun, old-fashioned Christmas holiday season by heading out into the country in this old front-wheel drive sleigh to embrace the frosty majesty of the winter landscape and select the most important of 80s Christmas movies. Oh,
1: we're doing a podcast on Christmas vacation. I dedicate this house to the Griswold family Christmas. This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by... Chris Kringle, and the 80s cruise. Join your Stuck in the 80s hosts along with MTV VJs Mark Goodman and Alan Hunter in spring 2024 for a week-long trip on board the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas. Performers will include 38 Special, Air Supply, The English Beat, Soft Cell, Debbie Gibson, Sheena Easton, Wang Chung, and more. Yes, the cruise is sold out, but you still have a shot at coming along if you join the waitlist. And don't forget to tell them Stuck in the 80s sent you. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. Steve, did I tell you my number one song on Spotify for
0: 2023 was Wang Chung, To Live and Die in LA? Oh, I'm not surprised. I am Hmm. not surprised at all. In fact is here i'll pull back the curtain a little bit so the 80s cruise uh they asked me to write some of the questions that we send off to the artists so that they can answer them and promote the cruise in the newsletter mm, mm-hmm. and so i had to i had to write uh I, i've interviewed wang chung before so i you know it's easy to pick a couple questions <laughs> but i think i reword it i have to find it here hang on one second i got the question verbatim as i s- s- said it for uh for on. Jack, Jack Hughes, one, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Oh, I say, uh, no pressure, but our favorite highlight of any Wang Chung show is hearing To Live or Die in LA from the movie of the same name performed live. You know, but we heard uh, William Freakin specifically asked you not to write a song with a title in it. That can't be true, which I, I know for a fact it is true because he yeah, told me that. He when said I talk- that on the podcast. I remember yeah. that. Uh, I also wrote, I asked the other question I wrote for them is, uh, for us, Points on a Curve is one of the most perfect albums, track to track of the nineteen eighties. Uh the year twenty twenty four marks the album's fortieth anniversary, and he plans to commemorate the milestone. Hmm. Yeah. Good so one. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, that was those were easy to write. Writing three or four questions for Midnight Star was a little tougher. <laughs> but uh or no Tommy parking on the tone. dance floor, my friend. No parking <laughs> on the dance floor. I love uh in fact here I, I have it right here. Um, for Midnight Star, we don't have a single memory of dancing in the 80s without hearing Freakazoid playing. You know, where did the idea from the song come from? So mm, I love it. I love I, it. Love that song. Every time I hear it, I mean, I report to the dance floor.
1: So. Yeah, you, you must. It's not, a, it's not a question, it's a command. Hey, let's do a podcast while we're at it. I'm all for that. I want to have Christmas here in our house. It means a lot to me. All my life, I've wanted to have a big family Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just that I know how you build things up in your mind, Sparky. You set standards that no family event can ever live up to. Have I ever done that? Every year about this time, we always try to do a holiday-themed podcast. And I could have sworn that over 18 years, surely we had done one on Christmas vacation before. But alas, no. I know we've touched on it.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think it came up in a like a holiday season, which was 79 versus 89, a better holiday season for movies, but that was not a whole show.
0: No, sir, it was not. Give credit to Chase Squires for pointing it out via email uh, from his remote location in Ecuador. <laughs> so we live to serve, Chase.
1: I hope you can see what a silly waste
0: of resources this was. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was released in uh, December 1st, 1989, so barely makes the cut as an 80s movie. It roughly follows a short story by John Hughes that appeared in National Lampoon Magazine, and the story was called Christmas 59. And if that sounds familiar, it's because, yes, the first National Lampoon vacation movie was also based on a John Hughes short story. That one was called Vacation 58. (laughs) So talking about going back to the well
1: yeah so now hold on a second christmas 59 weren't the home movies that he finds in a box in the attic labeled christmas
0: 59 they might have been this is the third vacation movie of the franchise so we've had the first one from 1983 we get a few years later we get european vacation now we get christmas vacation The, the one that doesn't fit in is uh vegas vacation which comes in the 90s $500. $500. You don't know when to quit, do you, Griswold? Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day.
1: I don't think I've ever seen Vegas Vacation.
0: It's not bad. Okay. Interesting note here. Uh, Chris Columbus was supposed to direct this movie. He uh, he was the re- by request of John Hughes. Okay. He met with Chevy Chase. <sighs> And that one meeting was enough to tell him, "I have no desire whatsoever to work with Chevy Chase on any movie whatsoever." You're serious? I ask anybody. Can I ask anybody now? How about can I call my mom? Tell her how much I love her. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Huh. So, so he, John Hughes felt bad. Chris Columbus, frankly, really needed a movie project. So John Hughes was like, "Well, you know, I got this other project called Home Alone. You want to give that a shot?" So. <laughs> Yeah, things worked out okay for. Yeah, uh, *Home Alone* would go on to make six times as much money as *Christmas Vacation* did. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal! Here's how we're going to do it this time. We we we've tried to cover movies before in the podcast. We struggle sometimes because it feels like we jump around and we don't really yeah. have a format. We're going to try something new with this show and see how it works. We've got six categories that we're going to talk about. in in an attempt to kind of rate the movie. Uh, The first one is plot believability. The second one is cast likability. There's an intangibles category. We'll talk about that. Oh, I
1: love me the intangibles. We can do
0: anything we want. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a quotability category, and I think this movie's going to fare pretty well in that one. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's a take it, or Leave It, where we talk about our favorite, the most memorable moments and the moments that we can live without. And then the final test is the test of time. How does it stand up decades later? I love it. I love it. A little scoring rubric. You know, you get this at the beginning of the semester. This
1: is how you're going to pass or fail. Yeah. 10% of your grade is based on plot believability,
0: 20% on cast likability. Yeah. Love it. If this works, we'll keep using it. If people have other suggestions, hey, you should do a category on this or that. Uh, We'll we'll do that as well. I think intangibles covers a lot of the, a lot of our sins. Let's talk about plot believability. Uh, Is this a credible plot? Basically the the story here is a dad tries to put, he wants to put in a family pool. Uh, He's counting on his Christmas bonus. Uh, Meanwhile, he has to juggle the annual invasion of dreadful family members well and and also, I would add to that that he is also stacking
1: the expectations of all Christmases past, present, and future into this one like want it to be perfect yes. event for his family
0: i I don't know about you
1: brad i i this hits right on the nose if you can't find something to relate to in this movie, I'm not sure that you're ready for this podcast. Yeah. Maybe you should step away. I, like family drama around the holidays, people squabbling <laughs> around your table. Like, Oh no, that would never happen. Come on people. It's,
0: yeah. it's us. You can tell us it's us. It's fine. I, I hadn't considered the, the idea that you just said that he's stacking the expectations of all Christmases on this one Christmas, but you're right. And I I I have been in that situation where you you're you're trying to plan an event like be it somebody's milestone birthday, you know, or some other like once in a lifetime event and you have these expectations that you just know it's just a it's it's hard. It's hard, right? And, you're going to fall short. Things aren't going to go as planned. You know, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for plot believability. Yeah. There's there's some moments in there that I think are kind of take it away from it like why why would the in-laws arrive two weeks before christmas why uh yeah, yeah. you you dug up that tree with your bare hands did you yeah there's there's, there's just a <laughs> lot of little things that if you add up i'm gonna deduct, deduct one point uh, but i still think i think
1: that's fair and still 90 percent plausible is better than you probably have any right to expect from a national
0: lampoon movie what do you what do you gonna score it for uh believe i'm gonna i'm gonna give it an 11 uh, out of okay. 10 so- so yeah, so we average out to a ten. That seems about fair. <laughs> I think I think it's all
1: the all the scenarios, and it's very kind of vignette driven in a lot of ways, but they
0: all ring true. Okay, second category, cast likability. Is this, in other words, is this a movie we would see based solely on the cast? So you've got Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo returning as Clark and Ellen Griswold. Mm. You got two new people, uh, Juliet Lewis and uh, Johnny Galecki uh, playing the kids. But you also get Randy Quaid returning as Cousin Eddie. Mm, every family's got a Cousin Eddie. It yeah. may not be quite as aggro as Cousin Eddie. but I, I, Have you ever worried that you're the Cousin Eddie of your family? Or do you know who your Cousin Eddie is? I think I know who your Cousin Eddie is. Sometimes <laughs> I do, but it's okay.
1: I don't think I am. I'm the classy Cousin Eddie. Um, <laughs> I, the thing that bothered me with the cast, and this has got nothing to do with who they cast, like Juliet Lewis, a young Juliet Lewis. You're like, okay, that's interesting. Wasn't Rusty older? In the original movies i thought so yeah 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 not so here not so much here or at least he's just
0: maybe stunted growth i don't know yeah uh if you want to talk about chevy chase would i see a chevy chase movie in the 80s yes no
1: yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i I do have you it's funny you would mention that i do have a theory about why the kids change in every movie and you've kind of brushed up against it already in the Christopher Columbus met with Chevy Chase and was like, I don't ever want to work with that guy. I kind of wonder if he wasn't tough on the kid actors. Oh, you know what? Jeez, that makes sense. Like, if he's a jerk and you're a kid... Like, why am I... Yeah, I'm not coming back for love or money. I'll go book another movie. Yeah, I mean, that's absolute conjecture. I have well, nothing to base that on.
0: But Anthony Michael Hall, though, who played Rusty in the first movie, is not going to come back as Rusty in 1989. That guy had a he had his own he was much too old and had yeah. his own kind of career going at that yeah point, but what so. about oink oink my good man i mean come on <laughs>
1: book the gig book the gig
0: yeah no you're right um I, but I, I would said 100 percent i'm watching this based yes, on, it, on the yes. cast i have watched i have watched every vacation movie except i don't know when they rebooted it with ed Helms, was it ed helms who does it in the reboot I, I forget who does it in the in the uh reboot but I, I i watched about maybe 30 minutes of it and i said no even though chevy chase makes a cameo in that playing himself because with the with the reboot it switches over to rusty now and rusty's right oh out. so
1: so not
0: not a fan of that i haven't seen it no it's it's okay it's fine it's it's a good okay. idea i mean Keep going to the well as long as there's water as far as I'm sure. concerned. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean Chevy Chase in the eighties, I mean, did did he have some bombs? Yeah, there's Fletch Lives, there's uh Best Defense. <laughs> so he he had he had some bombs, but it was it's still great, and I would still, you know, it was worth a movie ticket to see him. Yeah, absolutely. So uh cast like ability, eight.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair grade. I mean, there's a ton of, and we're going to talk some about this in the next section, but there's a ton of people that like the parents, like these are kind of some cherished older
0: actors that show up in these roles. You're like, wait a minute. I recognize that guy. Speaking of cameos, let's move to the next topic, which is the intangibles, which includes cameos. Mm. So you've got William Hickey, who I always remember from uh, Forget Paris. And uh, uh, what's the one? uh, My Blue Heaven. You dirty rat. I already said you dirty rat. Yeah, but I say it better.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he's in that. So Love
0: that, he's Love in that. that movie. This Arugula. Fi- it's a vegetable. <laughs> it's a vegetable. Uh, this is the final film of Mae uh, Questel, who plays Aunt Bethany, I think. Okay. Her career begins in 1930 as the voice of Betty Boop. Oh, my gosh. Like so, oh, and, right and the Olive Oil. Olive Oil as well, and Popeye. So. Really? Wow. Yeah, so when you hear that voice, you know, when you think about it, you're like, ah, yes. You, uh, it's always nice to see Brian Doyle Murray show up in, in a movie. Look, uh, sometimes things look good on paper, but uh, lose their luster when you see how it affects real folks. I guess a healthy bottom line doesn't mean much. if, To get it, you have to hurt the ones you depend on.
1: Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's the mayor from Groundhog Day and yeah. seven hundred other things.
0: He's the uh campground director in the first vacation movie. That's right. He's he's become like the Clint Howard of any SNL or National Lampoon movie. He's yeah. he's gotta have a role. Just gotta show up somewhere. Yeah. Speaking of weird cameos, the, the old Dodge pickup truck that tailgates Clark and his family in the beginning of the movie. Sure that same truck is kurt russell's work truck in overboard <laughs> so is it really i love yeah. that
1: movie i know i know you do i love that movie i can't explain it nor can i defend my choice but that just goes to tell <laughs> no, there's you there's nothing wrong with
0: that movie i mean we've there's never a, done a show on it there's a triumph spitfire
1: in the parking lot of the of the hospital <laughs> i is. love that there is i noticed stuff like that like the lincoln continental parked out in front of the uh, Clark Griswold's house.
0: I'm like, who drove that? That's a nice car. The soundtrack in this one kind of leaves me a little dry. Yeah. It, it's the only vacation movie not to feature Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham. And I had read that he was offered the chance to write a theme for the movie, but he said no because he didn't want to become known as a soundtrack musician.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. God forbid you have to hang out with the likes of, uh, you know, Kenny Loggins. And- John Parr. John Parr, just, you know, maybe throw a little Peter Cetera in there here and there for fun. Yeah. Poor thing. What do you make of the replacement for Christy Brinkley as the woman of Clark's desire? Um, I mean, she's definitely got some assets that she brings to the role.
0: <laughs> Nicolette Scorsese plays the role. And no, she's not related to Martin. Oh, interesting. I looked it up. She doesn't she doesn't have a lot of credits to her name. Mm. mostly she was kind of typecast as you know the hot woman of desire that's kind (laughs) of shocking
1: i mean i guess it's not too surprising that christy brinkley doesn't show back up again she was driving a ferrari in the first picture and uh you know someone who's driving a ferrari cross country unless they're doing it for their rich boyfriend who dumps them probably doesn't end up working at the unmentionables counter (laughs) at the mall she
0: shows up in vegas vacation driving the ferrari oh see okay there you go a little continuity there can't be the same person what do you make of julia louise dreyfus in this movie?
1: i love that character i mean it's just played for laughs right the yeah. snotty the snotty suburban you know that's great they drive a sob like, oh my <laughs> gosh is that a sob it's amazing uh that was that's a fun character i mean like look you just know they're gonna get theirs over and over again and they do, and it's delightful. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Sam McMurray, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, uh, yeah. He is, no, no, you're I right. remember him primarily as the dad in 1999's Drop Dead Gorgeous, <laughs> a mockumentary about beauty pageants, which I know it's not 80s. I'm sorry, guys. It's so funny. And you watch it, and you're like, wait a minute. They're really famous. And they're really there's all these young actresses that are in it that yeah. went on to storied careers. Um, but what? also here's something i found out looking through the cast list huh. the kid that plays the little girl Ruby Sue she plays the young daughter in yeah. Fatal Attraction yeah it's a couple of years before that yeah I was like what is going on here that's crazy and then I was then I knew for sure that that poor young girl was having to wear a very awful wig for this role
0: there, there's some other odd intangibles about this movie it's clearly not shot in suburban chicago it's from what i understand a lot of it anything outside was pretty much filmed in colorado breckenridge yeah when they're driving to get the tree at the beginning i'm like that's not that's not a short drive from chicago (laughs) and uh i think the walmart that they're in is in colorado Everything else is filmed on a soundstage in L.A., and it's all fake snow. Everything you see. The the house is
1: on the Warner Brothers uh, Ranch lot, they call it. And here's my little name drop for the show. I used to be able to see that facility from my office at Disney. Yeah, it's cool. You could see it from your office at Disney? Yeah. Yeah, it was across the freeway from where I worked at Disney Channel. Jeez. And I was up on the 18th floor, so yes, I could see it.
0: We don't have buildings that tall in Florida. Well, we have earthquakes out here, so we just go ahead and build them. Yeah, up. you're just like taunting God. Whatever.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, next category: quotability. Uh, I, I think, and I, I don't think there's anyone who's going to disagree here. This movie's known for its quotes.
1: Yes, it is, one hundred percent. Do you want to just, do you want to just like alternate them here like
0: a poetry jam, or you know, what do you want to do? We, her? We, we tried to come up with a number, a uh, uh, top five list. We, we had to settle on top seven. Uh, but we have your favorite sound uh, effect, yeah. so let's go. Number seven. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. That gets quoted every Christmas, for sure. Are you a fan of eggnog, by the way? Actually, I do like me some eggnog, but I make sure I bought a lot of rye in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say I, when I do it, I do it with bourbon. So maybe I'll try. Yeah, rye. that's the real deal, brother. Uh, you ever buy that the kind that's pre-made
1: with the booze in it? I haven't. No, actually, one of my coworkers keeps sending me a recipe for like, here's how you make it, and it's like you no, look at the amount of no. egg yolks that are in it. Like, I should not
0: be eating yes, this. No, no, exactly.
1: Number six.
0: Hey kids. I heard on the news that an airline pilot spotted Santa's sled on its way in from New York.
1: Oh. oh. oh.
0: <laughs> you serious, Clark? I get a dollar every time someone says, "You serious, Clark?" <laughs> if really, if you took out all the Cousin Eddie and Clark quotes, then you really aren't left with much else. It's the two of them. Yeah,
1: you've got like a yeah,
0: you've got a pamphlet. <laughs> Number 5. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap-happiest hap, Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. It's not a vacation movie unless Clark freaks out. Yeah, and, and he has,
1: I mean, I, the guy's got a gift for Gab. He's, uh, he's a speechifier, and he delivers. Yeah. He delivers.
0: Number four. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. i like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here So, I read somewhere that this, I think, has 30 labels for his boss. And he had, he's saying it to his family. They were holding up cue cards with the lines on them. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. As that's a lot to remember. Let's face it. It is. That's a speech. I'm trying to think. I think it's a tie for me between snake licking and dog kissing as far as the, the best insults.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, spotty-lipped worm-headed sack of monkey shit that's pretty strong <laughs> yeah. uh, holy shit where's the Tylenol that, that in a word is is Christmas every year that lands it yeah that makes it real folks that's what makes it real yep. number three
0: worse how can they get any worse take a look around you Ellen we're at the threshold of hell
1: this uh this happens when uh the family's around, they're all squabbling over the breakfast table and, and, uh, uh, you know, the wife's like, hey, oh, aren't you going to come in and have breakfast? And he's like, <laughs> we're at the three. <laughs> he delivers this line. I was like, that was, I'll be, t- I'll be straight with you. That was the one belly laugh
0: out loud moment I had watching this movie the other night. <laughs> just made me laugh. Uh, there's a, so we have a family tradition where my mom always makes a Christmas casserole that morning. <laughs> Okay. But it and Christmas is, has always traditionally been held at my sister's house because she has the biggest house and she has, you know, two kids who are now adults. Well, she had the little kids, right? So sure. It's just kind of those patterns get grooved in. Yeah. Yeah. But mom, so mom would always make uh, a, a Christmas uh, casserole. But my sister doesn't like eggs and she doesn't like potatoes, and so you try finding how many Christmas. Casseroles don't use eggs or potatoes.
1: Maybe I'd make a Christmas casserole for everyone and then uh make my uh, yeah. picky my choosy choosy eating daughter a lovely bowl of yogurt yeah. with some
0: granola. That is the threshold of hell, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. One year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. <sighs> oh
1: god. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year.
0: Ah, the Jelly of the Month Club. This is this is another Everyone yeah. pulls this. It, one it's out. a cultural touchstone. Yeah. yeah. I, have you ever have you ever given or received a like a subscri- subscription kind of uh, gift? Yeah,
1: I was trying to remember when this happened. My older sister gave me a gift of the Bacon of the Month Club <laughs> one year,
0: and it was magical. I gave my mom like a charcuterie subscription box, mm. so every month she would get a uh, like a stick of meat and and some cheese that went with it and she, she was not a big fan of it and, oh no and in her defense i i remember coming over one day she's like you know i said oh you know t- t- you, this would be a perfect time to, to bring out your meat and cheese from the from the charcuterie of the month club she pulls out this piece of this sausage stick that you would have needed a chainsaw to cut through <laughs> <laughs> Like try cured for forty two yeah, days. And I was just like, okay, outside in the sun. <laughs> okay, I get it now. And I, she's like, do you want it? And I'm like, I, I literally cannot. I cannot. My teeth will not pass through it. So no. I so be careful what you guys order out there. Oh, that's funny. It was, it was brutal. I remember. I remember it like it was yesterday. It ain't all hickory farms. I tell you. And my sister this year was talking about the same thing. Oh, I'm gonna get mom another box of the month club. I'm like, okay. I'm <laughs> just telling you right now. I. Choose wisely. Moms are picky about that kind of stuff. You know, it's better it's better to just look at her list and and pick something right off it. There you go. Don't don't freelance. Don't yeah, don't think just throw. Can only hurt the club.
1: Number one Shitter was full.
0: This is it. This is the one. This is if you had to rank eighties movies quotes, I think this is in the top five. You know, now I need to go look at my book from
1: the guy we interviewed a few months ago about <laughs> movie quotes and see if this is in there. God, it probably would be. So, I, I mean, I think that we've just made the case that quotability for this movie is
0: off the yes. charts. It is, it is the, it is the eleven out of ten. Yes, so, yeah, might even be a twelve. Yeah. No, it. I, I think if you stacked up the most quotable movies from the eighties, uh, this this is this is top five. I, I would think yeah. so. I'm, I'm trying to think what I would say is Ferris Bueller's probably up there, Back to the Future. Uh, I mean, we all have our go-tos, right here, but I think this is one that's a go-to for
1: a lot of yes. people. Where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Uh. Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that,
0: Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. Next category, Take It or Leave It. The, the the most memorable moment of the movie and a moment we can live without. I, I think Brad and I both agree that uh, Clark getting uh, trapped in the attic and watching the family movies is just you know the peak. It's humanizing for this guy that's kind of a goof,
1: and you know you see the nostalgia that he has for it. And if anybody can appreciate a display of nostalgia,
0: it's Stephen and myself. <laughs> and, and I and I think we both agree on the scene that we can live without, and that's. The, the lingerie counter scene at the department store wouldn't be the christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are hotter than they are Whew, it is warm in here well you have your coat on yes oh do i how did that happen because it's cold out <laughs> yes yes it is a bit nipply out i mean nippy out <laughs> what did i say
1: Nippled? <laughs> It's just so cringy. It predates cringe humor comedies by a good decade, yeah. but yeah. Oh god, so come bad. on, just take it out. Where's Where's mall security when you need them?
0: <laughs> Creeper on aisle three. Yeah, no, It's just it it's it's. I don't think it was good then, and it's certainly not good now. But I I, know, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to have that that through that that thread that goes through their movies. That you've yeah. okay, got to have the moment where he acts like don't worry he's still a perv yeah yeah he's not he's not the perfect dad (laughs) he's still a perv yeah
1: yeah i I mean i also just as as the kind of guy who tries crazy projects and sometimes they come off and some they don't i appreciate the failed holiday light launch like okay it's gonna happen now nothing happens i'm like yeah that's that's again
0: that rings true okay final category the test of time how does christmas vacation stand up decades later let me take this one first okay I'm I'm going
1: to stake out uh, what might be an unpopular position here, and possibly I'm asking for the hate mail on this. And if you wish to get in touch with me, it's Brad at s i t eight zero s dot com. Wow, I don't think it holds up. I don't. It's just it's built like a lot of '80s National Lampoon films. It's a bunch of vignettes, right? Mm. Holiday vignettes in this case. Uh, that's tied together with this kind of, this concept, right? That's in the title. And it worked great, I think, for the first two because you expect that structure out of a road trip movie, which is essentially, essentially what those are. But this is, uh, it doesn't work as well here, I don't think. It's like Meatballs Christmas, <laughs> which is my, one of my favorite vignette based movies. And I, this will sound harsh, but I think it's much more quotable than it is watchable.
0: It's interesting. I it, it is definitely quotable.
1: I mean, you could watch it in ten minute chunks and not miss a beat. Yeah, which is kind of how I did watch it this last time. Anyway, let me know if you disagree with me. I'm sure you were. I'm sure that you're writing a strongly worded letter as we speak. We'll read our.
0: We'll read my favorites on the next show. <laughs> okay, let me think about this for a second. Does it stand up decades later? I I don't think there's anything in it that dates it too much other than of course we don't have that department store culture these days we still have the invasion of the relatives you still have the if you if you could see my neighborhood you could see all the people trying to compete for the griswold l- christmas like competition oh yeah and you still have parents trying to
1: create a you know a christmas holiday that's special to their family i think it
0: has i think there are some timeless themes to this movie i think that between the timeless themes uh the fact that there's nothing really truly dated in it that's why we get the marathons of it each year uh, along with the christmas story if if I had to watch A Christmas Story or Christmas Vacation, I'm going to pick Christmas Vacation. If hmm. if I had to pick Christmas Vacation or Scrooged,
1: I would pick Scrooged. There, You you answered the question I was about to ask, but yeah, I, I get that. I get that.
0: I, there's this wonderful little speech that Clark gives at the very end of the movie, uh, very, within the last two minutes, where he says that Christmas means something different to each person and i think that's the same for christmas vacation it means something a little different to each 80s fan and that's why we still watch it you know year after year after year and that's why we still say the shitters full
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yes there will be a minimum
1: of 5 cousin eddies on every pop icon night on the cruise yeah it's just
0: it it has that uh, it's a it's a touchstone. Yeah, it's absolutely a touchstone. We all know what scenes we can get up and go, refresh our drink, and come back and not yeah. miss an important quote or important scene. But it means something different to each one of us, and uh, that's why I still love it. Well, you know what I love? I set you up for that one. <laughs> the the Seggies. Hey, it's time for spin me round. We haven't done this one in a while. It feels like I have. Feels like a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I know we
1: were kind of on hiatus. I was this close to recording a solo podcast while you were gone. <laughs> yeah, sure you were, Sparky. <laughs> I was. I was. I had it all scripted out, and then I, the day came, and I'm
0: like, don't feel like. Yeah, it. Yeah, no. Trust me, it's it's a tough thing to do. You don't, and you just know, <laughs> it's it's whatever your intentions are, however good they are. This those shows are really really hard to put together. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is the segment where we'll play a snippet of a song from the '80s backwards. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the Postal Friendly Bottle Opener. But I guess this is as good time as anyone to say that I have a Christmas cold right now. And if you're noticing that I sound a little nasally, and uh, I'll explain after the commercial break how that came about. But I apologize. Ooh. I feel like I'm. It's one of those times where you're really glad that you have the foam cover over your microphone. <laughs> It's not just for the plosives. From episode 682, here was the challenge. That's Love Stinks by the J. Giles Band. There's no hidden message here, folks. It's just... (laughs) I love the Jay Giles band. We never get to talk about them anymore. It's a a shame that they're they're not around and still performing occasionally. Did I tell you that I met a
1: woman who was the niece of Peter Wolf? I
0: think you did, because we talked about whether or not it was worth trying to... Did I mention that on pod? I don't remember. You told me. Because we, we, I realized I said something
1: that might have been construed as a little rude. Afterwards, I'm like, "Well, tell me, met somebody that has all of his solo albums and really likes them? <laughs> oh, no. Like that's unique." Ouch. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh well." There goes our chance for the interview. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. well <laughs> Maybe next time. They were supposed to early on in podcast history when I was still in Tampa Bay, the Performing Arts Center there, the Ruth Deckard Hall that mm-hmm. they had given me a tip that they were, they were just, they were just about to announce that they had a gig coming with Jay Giles band and oh, we had wow. a rare chance to see them. And I don't, I forget what happened. It fell apart before they, we could ever announce it, but it was, I, I would have been there. No question about it for that one. I, I was a big fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, apparently a lot of other people were too, because we had lots of winners. This, this is amazing to me. Cause I mean, to me, this is a hard challenge and, and, i just i look at this list of names and i'm like holy crap maybe it's not maybe i'm just
1: our listeners are smarter than we think yeah they're smarter than me that's for sure you read them while i chug some gatorade and nyquil okay well you know take it in equal measures here we go winners this week include plane pulling tom cincinnati joe jeff brace kevin serving wench Donnie Gettle rhymes with Boston bands with ties to my son's alma mater. <laughs> Becky, the rocker, pixies, <laughs> droobs, Donald Tatera, Alejandro sticks, Cardoso, Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Auburn in Tennessee, Todd in Minnesota, Anastasia in Colorado, Dave Parrott, Kiano from midmo, commander bourbon, Mike fetch, Fetcher, Alex from Coney Island, Lynn with three N's in Nebraska, Julie, who just goes by Julie, but I'm told she is truly dazzling. Mary Beth and Madison, Lou, sweet Lou, Greeley, Lee of the San Francisco Bay Area 80s cruisers, Dave De La Dirt, Cliff somewhere north of Detroit, and
0: Dave. Dave's not here. Oh, Commander Bourbon. I, you know, he and I have an ongoing email thread. I think I mean I think I might owe him an email. I think I don't I don't know if I responded to the last one. You probably do. Yeah. So
1: Jay Giles Band. Formed at, or several members of the band went to school where my son went to college. Oh, really? In Worcester? Wow. Yeah, they didn't
0: graduate. <laughs> That's shocking. They left to be musicians. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd left college to be a musician instead of becoming a journalist. I might still have a job. Well, or yeah, there's a there's an update for everyone. If you're if you're wondering, you know, why we haven't had the. Uh, take this job and shove it Seggy. it's just because i can't i can't reminisce anymore about being job i can i can reminisce about being jobless i just choose yeah. not to yeah so the the tedium continues uh let's spin the wheel find out who takes home the postal friendly bottle opener okay here we go one two <laughs> looks like it's gonna land on Becky, the rocker pixie. Excellent. Becky, send us your snail mail address. See, now the words are coming more slowly to me like that. I feel like it's a quarter to nine right now. My, so, my brain. So shutting Steve, down.
1: <laughs> before it closes completely, I, I just want to ask a question on the record here. Are you, Stephen Q. Spears, in possession of any postal-friendly yes, bottle openers? Yes,
0: you, your package finally arrived. Okay. And I okay. I, I put... Um, it had stickers in it and I put the stickers on, I have a, I have two laptops. I put one sticker on each one and nice. I have the postal friendly, uh, bottle openers. And I think that was it. Wasn't it? Yep. Yep. I don't think I sent you any b- guitar picks cause you don't play. Uh, no, I'm, st- I'm actually staring at them right now as I, as I write oh. in the table next to maybe me. Maybe I did. No, 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 no. Not maybe you had picks. some already. No, I'm just saying oh. like the, the, the package, the the, the openers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Good. So, I'm, I'm glad I made it. Um, uh, would have come in handy. Uh, this time of year. Open up a nice little cider would be tasty right about now. Mm, Delightful. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's Backward Song Challenge. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. Tune in a few weeks. Find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break ho 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 who's that kid with the oreo cookies eating all the luscious chocolate licking all the creamy middles dunking all the crunchy cookies
1: like he did when he was little it's so hard to hide the kid inside with christmas and (coughs) o-r-e-o and we're back steve what have you been up to man where you been Tell
0: me about your uh, tell me about your European vacation. Yeah, I've been on my own uh, European slash Christmas vacation. My my mom decided it's always been her bucket list to go visit the Christmas markets in Germany. Oh, fun! And there's a river cruise that you can take on Viking that uh, goes from Amsterdam down to Basel, Switzerland. Okay, go through uh, Cologne, Germany, and uh, Heidelberg, and a couple other nice little burgs and uh Mars, mark mark marksburg i forget uh it was, every day you stop in a different place and okay. you go into to see the the you, know, you could go and see the village and go to the uh, christmas markets and it's a big deal in germany where these towns have these big they set up these big huge christmas markets where they sell uh you know ornaments uh, okay. lots of arts and crafts uh but also food like, uh, lots, of, I had a lot of bratwurst and, mm. uh, mulled wine, M-U-L-L-E-D, mold wine, M U L L E D, not M O L D wine. That would be bad. Uh, mold wine. It's like a hot red wine that's spiced okay, with some spices, seasonings. And yeah. Yeah. So we had that. Um, the wife had, she fell in love with hot chocolate with amaretto in it. <laughs> okay. And then at, at on the boat, you got free wine and, Beer at your meals. Okay. So. Got like so that. I didn't, yeah. So I, I drank a lot of wine and beer for a week. I didn't. I don't think I drank anything else. Wow. Well, except for, you know, the mold wine. The, the wine. And I, I think I saw a picture of you holding a beer here and there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had probably far more. But I, I don't think the entire week I ever caught it. I never really caught a buzz or anything. Because I, I, think, I think this one particular beer that's real popular in Germany. Kolsch. hmm is lower in alcohol. Yeah, more of a session type of yes, beer. Yes. Yeah. So we did that, and and it was cold, and it was yeah. rainy, and it snowed a few days. And I was going to ask how the weather was. <sighs> it snow. It was it. So between the snow and the and the then the two days of airplane flights it took me to get home, I have a bit of a Christmas cold. So, mm. but it was um it was my mom's uh, bucket list trip and so she took uh everyone in my family so the wife was there my sister her kids um it was wonderful it was a great trip um if you ever get a chance to do a river cruise in europe i they are they are far far different than an ocean voyage oh yeah i'm sure completely different pace there's only 190 passengers on the ship oh wow it's only three decks okay because it has to go under all the bridges oh sure yeah yeah that makes sense so in fact we didn't even get to basel because the water levels there have been really high this winter and um, we couldn't get under the final bridge so that's whatever crazy that, wow whatever that final whatever that stop was on friday yeah we had to instead of instead of taking us into basel and then a short ride to the airport we had to take a, a longer bus ride from- put you on a bus and say get off but it was ah oh, so many souvenirs so many great ornaments um Oh, that's really fun. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, I mean, something. Would I would I have, would I have enjoyed it and appreciated it when I was 20? No. Um, yeah, you gotta be a little older to enjoy it. I, my my niece and nephew were there, and they're in their 20s, and they yeah. they they tried to close down the lounge every night, which was not really a challenge. It's, it's a, the <laughs> yeah, like a, age on the boat was like 60.
1: So closing down the lounge on the yeah on any yeah. Holland America boat. What are you still yeah. doing up?
0: Shouldn't you be in bed? <laughs> I don't know about you, but growing up, I mean, Christmas was always about the family. We we we, w- we would do a thing where one year everybody stayed home, all the family stayed home, and had a small Christmas. And then mm-hmm. every odd year, my whole family would get together in either in Florida or Ohio or Oklahoma. Okay, for for about a week. Okay, or wow. what, maybe ten days. Yeah, and and wow. it would just be you know the kids would be in sleeping bags on the floor, and I miss that when I think of Christmas now, and I think of Christmas vacation. I think of sleeping on a sleeping bag on a floor, you know, on... Yeah, going to see extended family that you don't see, but every other year or so. Yeah, no, just, we don't, pretty much all my family lives in Florida now, so it's not quite the event. You know, for my family, um, it was really more about Thanksgiving was a family holiday.
1: We would do family reunions with my dad's side of the family on Thanksgiving. So we would go to a holodome someplace in the Midwest, I know I've emailed with one of our listeners about the holodomes. He sent me this great map of where they all are around the country, which is crazy. Uh, But all that is to say Christmas was more like just nuclear family, immediate family. The month of December, like between Thanksgiving and Christmas for us when I was growing up, was always so busy. Uh, you know, we had everybody in the family was in like 17 different music groups and a bunch of other things. And so every night there was a rehearsal and then we get into the second half of the month and there's a performance and then you got to go to another performance and then you got church stuff and you got school groups and just, it was a busy month for my family. So we get to Christmas Eve, we get home from Christmas Eve services and everyone's just like, huh. And so Christmas was pretty low key uh, day most of the time, just with my immediate family. So a little bit different.
0: It was it was wonderful. I'm glad to be back. Glad we had a chance to talk about Christmas vacation. Uh, uh, when I watch it, I think of those days. I think of the sleeping bags and the crazy aunts and uncles and the gifts of socks. And yeah, my grandma would always give me a wallet and put like a twenty dollar bill in there. And stuff like that. So Every year I got a She's new. In the eighties, you're rich wallet so yeah use that to buy my asia cassette tapes and stuff like that <laughs> mm, living the dream man <laughs> anyway hope you guys uh, all have a great holiday season i'm not saying this is going to be the last show we do <laughs> of the year but it's completely possible um but you know put on the movies you love uh, s- stir up the memories that that remind you of you know what's meaningful to you at this time of year and uh come back to us again uh because we'll be right here hopelessly stuck in the 80s joy, love,
1: stuck in the 80s is now on patreon if you'd like to support the show go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast special thanks to check battery daily for our theme music and thanks for listening
0: Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, kiss my ass. Kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah.